You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Happy Halloween. Hopefully everybody's getting as jacked up for the next two weeks as I am. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it, it would be nice if I could just walk into the woods and get the job done early this year. A lot going on with activities and the family and work. And so here we are, like, I, I, I love the rut. I love being in a tree stand watching the sun come up and the sun go down and, and nature take its course, so to speak. But... The real world is busy right now, and I uh, so I would not mind if it came quick and hard. <laughs> that sounds bad, but you know what I mean. If uh, if it just happened right off the bat, and I'll be completely honest with you, based off of some of the intel that I have and where I'm going to be hunting, man, it could it could come right away. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to the next two weeks. So last week we had on the same guest, Nate Thomas of the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. He's back on again and we're having, instead of the pre-rut, we're having a conversation today about the rut. And I wish I could sit here and just tell you what we talk about. It's just a, a good BS session where we talk about our strategy. We talk about the tactics. We talk about access routes, what we're looking for, when we decide to go in, um, wind, thermals. I mean, we talk about everything and how we approach the rut. And I guess maybe we even talk a little bit about aggression. Next week's podcast or the next podcast that you hear after this one, is going to be kind of a hodgepodge uh, episode where I talk to multiple people about like their definition of being aggressive in the woods during the rut. And so these two episodes are going to give you a lot of information. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in a way like me telling you what you need to do, but it's just a, a really good conversation that's going to like, I think these are good conversations to have right before we get into the thick of it. It it helps it helps us think about what we actually need to be thinking about 
when we step into the woods for our our rut vacation or a four-day weekend or however we have our rut scheduled and so um, and we also talk about for me I don't have a gun season until December Nate his I think the 14th 11th or 12th or I don't even know somewhere after the 10th in of in Missouri there's a rifle season. So that comes into play in a lot of states as well. And that's something that we talk about. But before we get into the episode today, I want to run through the commercials real quick. Um, I can't wait to get in my saddle, dude. I'm looking forward to spending some time in the tree saddle uh, this uh, the next couple weeks. Been in it, in it a couple times already. Pretty comfortable. I, now, I haven't spent like six, seven hours in it yet. And I'll let you know how that is. But so far... Very comfortable. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time in the uh, in the saddle. If you're looking for a saddle, check out Tethered's websites uh, or website. They have all the accessories you need: climbing sticks, platforms, the saddle itself, and the the means to educate yourself. Whether that's on their website or on their YouTube channel, so go check out Tethered Wasp Archery, dude. The jackhammers are ready. Metallica's playing in the background. And I'm ready to deploy a jackhammer into the vitals of a big, fat whitetail. Ideally, I'd like him to fall over dead. And like, you know, he runs 50 yards, falls over, and I can see it happen. But there is something cool about following just a very destructive blood trail. And uh, I get those with wasps. So wasparchery.com, discount code NFC20. Go spend some money. Go buy those websites. A majority of their heads, not all of them, but a majority of them are made in America from the best possible designs and the best possible materials. And that gets you, in my opinion, one of the best broadhead companies on the market. Uh, Vortex Optics, great company. I will be glassing a lot. You know, the, the spotting scope here in Iowa will probably stay in the in the truck or in the garage but the crossfire hd 1400 the new uh rangefinder is hopefully going to be put into play and the uh and the new the, the binoculars as well so if you're looking for any type of optics spotting scope binoculars rangefinder uh rifle scopes red dots vortex has it along with a customer service um stable that is second to none in the outdoor hunting industry you have a question they will answer it along with their vip warranty you break it damage it bust it crack it eat it and poop it out you put it in a box send it back to them they will fix it for free and then send it back to you at no charge right and that is because they want lifelong customers they want they want their the end user of that product to to want to work with them again and again, and, and that's what they do. Lastly, Hunt Stand, dude, I'm 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 on Hunt Stand all the time. They the satellite imagery on Hunt Stand, in my opinion, is second to none in the other app categories. You know, the hunting app categories. It, it's it's mo, it's uh, crystal clear and and very high definition to the point where you can zoom in on places and really identify trails, identify pinch points, fence crossings, like just zoom in. On top of that, they have their new pro whitetail upgrade available. And so it has brand new mapping. It has some um, brand new, a variety of different maps. 
including a rut. I guess you would call it a rut. Uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick so I say it right. But it's like uh, it lets everybody know how the rut is doing in um, in your area. And it's down to almost a, it's down to almost like by property or by county in the, uh, so we have a whitetail forecast. That's brand new uh, with that upgrade. We have the, oh, here it is, the nationwide rut map. What else do we have? The um, whitetail habitat map, which shows a good whitetail habitat. And then the national aerial imagery. Just like all these new features um, for hardcore whitetail hunters. So go check that out, huntstand.com. Uh, read up on all the functionality. It's amazing. Uh, and I love I love sitting there scrolling through and documenting everything. So with that said, Go check out the brands that support this podcast. Please go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and please give us a five-star review and follow along uh, Nine Finger Chronicles and the Sportsman's Empire on Instagram. And last but not least, let's get into today's guest, Nate Thomas of the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Go check out his uh, podcast as well on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. And uh, let's talk about the rut. Three, two, one all right back on the show for the post pre-rut rut conversation nate thomas from the missouri woods and water podcast once again welcome back my man what's up man not much have you killed a deer yet <laughs> no <laughs> of course uh, we're recording this on uh november or excuse me october 27th so we're recording this so we don't have to record it the week that we both want to be in the tree stand a whole bunch exactly yeah yeah i went hunting that that night that you and i recorded the last show yeah. and uh uh i was correct about a buck being back there yeah unfortunately i walked right on top of him damn and uh i don't think he i I caught a quick glimpse of his rack i don't think he was a shooter anyway but you know it did like give you validation that hey that's i was right i i thought there would be some bucks bedded back there if there was going to be something yeah but i i got within like i told you it, it had rained the night before so it was nice and wet and i was real quiet walking through there and i got i guess this is a a damnation of my eyesight I was probably seven feet from this freaking deer before he noticed me. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell did I not see you? (laughs) Yeah. That happened to me the first week in the first week in October, late into the first week. I think I I went and hunted this new farm seventh and eighth. Like I got access to it late in the summer. So I, I had time to go put in tree stands, but, or, uh, trail cameras, but I didn't do any tree stand work. So the first two hunts on this farm that I've had, I had a, a, uh, a morning, no, an afternoon, a morning, and then an afternoon. And, uh, dude, I was jumping deer, walking in every step. I was getting busted from the tree every step just cause I, I didn't know anything about the property. And so I walk in on the first night and I jump an absolute giant shooter of a buck bedded, bedded down in like where two pieces of timber kind of meet and it turns like to this CRP and grass. And, and so I feel you, man, like, yeah. And, and nothing kicks you in the dick harder than something like that. No, actually Andy, uh, depending on when this comes out, if this comes out before our next show, uh, they'll hear it here first, but Andy had about 165 inch deer, 
uh, at 10 yards yesterday or last night also uh, he was walking into his setup and instead of just like you know busting ass to get to his tree stand yeah he just he just uh, took it slow and he actually saw this deer uh, probably 50 yards away grunted at him the deer kind of looked over left and Andy he's like man that, that deer looked interested but just you know, I wonder if a, so. He 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 rattled just a little bit, and that buck came running to ten yards, and was just staring at him. And and he yeah. was able to get drawn, but just couldn't f- figure out how he wanted to shoot. And he was quartered like really hard to him. So he's like, "Do I do a frontal? Do I try to tuck it right behind the shoulder?" And it, I know I'm going to get guts if I do that. And, yeah. Um. He ended up he ended up taking off, but he was like, "Shit!" I walked. I mean, I walked right in on 160 that was up at four in the afternoon up on his feet already yeah so yeah uh you got cell cams yeah we do yeah what are what are they i know this is uh i mean this is going to get released i think november 2nd um but leading up to that time frame what are your what are your uh, trail cameras telling you right now the last two days for all three of us have picked up um i've gotten I've gotten daytime photos of a few bucks that I've not gotten any daytime photos of on that property at all this year. Yeah. Um, and so has Micah. Micah actually found out about a new deer at one of his places that he had not seen before. So, um, and it was a daytime picture. So, uh, things are starting to pick up. They're starting to, to show up a little bit more daytime than they were before. Yeah. I have, uh, my trail my trail cameras this morning like i said again this is november or excuse me october 27th uh the morning of october 27th on the farm that i i was just talking about where i jumped the giant have just blown up i got i actually have a fight on camera this morning uh, that's awesome between two really good bucks and I'm, I'm gonna see i don't know if you can see this can you see this yeah i can see it see him fighting Yep. And so I have this whole series of pictures of these deer that are uh, like one comes in first. He's kind of milling around and then his head goes up and then another one shows up. The The one that shows the, the second one that shows up, his ears are pinned back. He's getting closer. The other one's ears get pinned back. And then the next picture is of them just head to head. So I don't yeah. know. That's uh, that's kind of cool. pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I've never, I've never um, set my trail cams to video. I need to try that sometime. Yeah, I'm. I for get some reason I get afraid to do that, thinking it's going to burn more battery, and yeah. and then I'm going to like lose a month of intel. That's so what I, I've. That's I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I'm like I don't want to go out there and change batteries more often, or and I don't even know if it does burn more battery. I just yeah. it 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 has to right right. I'm assuming it does. I mean, it's, you're yeah. The camera's on functioning for 10 seconds instead of like a blop, 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 blop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming. Yeah, I don't know either. All right. So this is going to release, this episode's going to release, I believe, November 2nd. And so we're going to, we had the conversation last time about what are the dates of the pre-rut and then when does the rut kick off? I believe that you said you're more of a calendar guy. And the pre-rut, yeah. uh, the pre-rut is all the way until October thirty-first. Um, and I said 
I, I feel the pre-rut on the farms that I hunt kind of goes into the November 3rd time frame. But we both agreed that once there's a hot doe, it stops being pre-rut and instantly becomes rut, right? Because if, if there's, if there's a, uh, a doe in estrus anywhere around, that's, it's, it's the rut. It's, I mean, it's a, the official breeding season. And so I'm, I'm assuming just like you, that, that when the deer come into rut, I mean, shit, there could be a time where the rut happens, like a, some does go in early and then uh, maybe the, the doe group doesn't function or it doesn't, uh, isn't hot anymore. And then they come in later. So, you know, the first week of November could be dead almost, or, or there's no deer or there's no does on the property that you have access to that are willing to breed yet, which causes kind of, uh, uh, God, I don't, I don't want to use this word lull, but a lull in <laughs> the, the lull, not in movement, but in rutting activity. Uh, and like, and it kind of almost goes, you've never heard a pre-rut. You've never heard of the November lull. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the old November lull gets guys every year, every time, every time was it 60% of the time, every time. Yep. So, um, leading into this, you know, into this week and we're starting to, you know, we're in the rut or we're, I mean, we're right on, like, we're right at the starting line of it. How do you approach the rut? Man, I'll tell you what. The the rut is, it's kind of like if you get on a, a, a roller coaster you've never been on before. Yeah. You know shit's about to get crazy. You might be a little scared and excited all at the same time. <laughs> like, I like that. That's what, that's what the rut is for me. Like, yeah. it's, uh, you see some of the craziest shit that you'll ever see in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really know what to expect, but you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, one way or the other. So, you know, the rut, I mean, the rut for me, um, I mean, to, to make it as basic as possible, I just go hunting. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, hopefully I've, I've seen some stuff the weeks prior to that. Um, like maybe I've been getting trail cam pictures of a certain deer and I can say, all right, well, when I am getting pictures of him, he's traveling this direction. So if he's bedded, let's say if I'm, if I'm just using like a square, let's say he's bedded to the east of the square I'm hunting. Well, if I feel like he's bedded to the east and he's been coming to the west every time I see a picture of him, then I know that the does are usually bedded on the north side of my square. So I'm going to hunt him just south of those does and then off the wind that he's probably going to be coming from if he's coming from the east. Yeah. So like like I said last last time we talked, I kind of hunt does more than I do bucks. Right. That's I mean, I don't point. I don't mean that, but if you know where the does are or where they're going to be most likely, you're going to find the bucks. Yeah. Cuz in my opinion, like if you just hunt a buck during the rut, I don't know how you pattern that bastard in the yeah. rut. Yeah. Cause I don't think they have them anymore. They just turn into these zombies that all they want to do is bang. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like I, I almost kind of turn my attention to the does and go, where are they going to be? And then I'm going to find him. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, hopefully you get some Intel 
before the rut, like the pre-rut like we talked about last week. Right. And if you don't, then I don't know, screw it, just go. Like, right. Try to figure out where the go- the does are and just go hunting because you're going to see something crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing, like this week, you know, or the we're talking pre-rut now, back to pre-rut. I put a lot more thought process into what stand I'm going to hunt based off of bed to food patterns. And yes, terrain, terrain features are involved in that decision-making, but when the rut hits, I go into more of a process of rotating stands and trying to get on, like find like, just like you finding where the dough is at, maybe even, you know, I don't, set up on fresh sign during the rut as much as other people might, because I always look at sign as something that already happened. So I just put myself in these terrain features where that, that funnel deer movement or concentrate deer movement, or just like even a ridge system that has, it it may be a big terrain feature and they can kind of spread themselves out throughout it. But there's points on there that on certain wind directions, and one example is I have this ridge. It runs west to east, and it, uh, a river pinches it down, creating a huge like pinch point funnel. Now, a deer can get by me easily on this ridge if he goes way high or way low. But on top of that, like if, I, um, if I'm in the right spot, the trails are in there are pretty obvious. I've set up there before and you just get in there and it's more of that travel corridor and I wouldn't be hunting. I don't hunt those in pre-rut because I don't think the deer are cruising like they are come the rut. And when, when core areas on, on deer expand and kind of like you, when I was talking, when you were talking about hunting the does, man, a buck and here's what I've witnessed over the years. I'm not going to say this is true because I hate when, when people say, Bucks are going to do this because every time I've heard someone say that I've seen them do the opposite as well. But my experience is a buck will, uh, and you talked about patterning, a buck will run a circuit almost in a, uh, and you can maybe triangulate your position or his position. If you have enough trail camera pictures of him or sightings of him. And, and so what you can do there then is uh, he'll he'll find a doe and maybe he'll stay in one area of that of that air core area for however many days it takes to breed this doe and then he'll come back into that circuit and loop it until he finds another you know another and sometimes that circuit uh, can be small sometimes it can be big I've I've seen a deer rotate through in Iowa with a ton of cover. And I'm not talking Kansas or uh, a Western state where they have extremely long home ranges during the rut bouncing between doe groups. I mean, I've seen them work miles in a day. I mean, just like two miles back and forth, back and forth, back and forth uh, in a single day looking for that hot doe. And then finally they find one and then they'll pop in you know, corner her into whatever area she likes to hang out at breed her to death and then hit it, forget it and go to the next one, you know? So, um, I don't know. Like, I guess that's the long way of saying that I just try to 
give a stand location or more or like more or less a terrain feature. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply some time before I forget about it and go on to the next one. And that's, I don't know about, let me ask you this. Once you started becoming a mobile hunter, did, did you go through a period of like being too mobile and like hunting, a hunting a stand once or twice and then going that there's no deer here and I'm out of here and going on onto the next yeah, spot. I think I'm still, I'm still, I think I'm still going through that because I'm impatient. Yeah. So sometimes I think I move too much Yeah. if I'm, when I'm mobile, but, um, and another thing to think about too is like, like I said, I call them zombies. Yeah. Right. Like they run those circuits and they're just, all they're doing is searching for, like you said, that hot dough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say you've been getting this buck on on camera, and then during the rut, all of a sudden, he's not on camera anymore. Yeah, that does not mean he's not there. He might exactly. have a doe lock. He might have a doe lockdown. So, don't forget about those areas on the properties you're hunting that might just be like a little tiny patch of timber or tall grass or whatever, yeah. because he could have her. He could have her set up in there. Um, that well, the deer that you kind of see behind me. I killed him out of a tiny little, maybe, maybe 10 yards wide by 20 to 30 yards long little patch of timber that he had her locked down in. And now I, I saw him take her in there, but if I hadn't, pay attention to the younger bucks too. Like, do you see a bunch of younger bucks on camera? Or when you're hunting, do you see a bunch of younger bucks hanging out in an area? In that situation, I had a little tiny, like, fork horn year and a half old deer just pacing back and forth right outside yeah, man. that, that timber. Yeah. And I'm like, even if I did not see him walk in there with her, which I did. So I knew he was in there. I know he's still in there with her Yeah, because that little dude would not be doing what he's doing right now. If she wasn't in there. Yeah. And, uh, and then I don't know, man, like during the rut, that's when I would get aggressive with stuff. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I didn't know what to do with him because he was still like, um, let's just say 300 yards away. I was I was watching with binoculars, and I knew he was there. And I watched that that patch of timber probably for two hours, three hours almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't shoot him till like 9:30 in the morning, so it was three hours after daylight. Yeah. And I finally, I'm like, what do I do? Like, I can't, I don't think I can get down, although I bet you money I could have walked, I could have got down and just walked to it. Right. That's how stupid they are, I think, at those times, yeah. at time, sometimes. But yeah. anyway. Especially if I they're locked up, down with a doe. Like, they do not want to leave that doe. No. And and this is the craziest, I mean, I've told this story before, but I've never attempted to, quote, unquote, roar with my grunt tube. Yeah. But he was so far away that I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to try this. So I just tried to let out the loudest grunt and aggressive grunt that I could straight at it. 
And as soon as I did that, he came tearing out of that timber, running right at me. And she followed him, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. You, you, you would think they would take that opportunity to get the hell away from him, right? Right, right. She followed him all the way to me until he got shot. And then after he got shot, that little dude just started harassing her. But um, my point to say is, like, don't start using your binos. Start glassing little yeah. small areas that, you know, you might think he's in with her. Um, because just because he's not on camera doesn't mean that he's not right there with that doe somewhere. Right. right. Um, especially if you're – especially if you go through a dry spell. I mean, I can remember several years – uh, since 2006 where the timber, the, the terrain features that I were hunting, you know, that I was talking about kind of dried up and there was just young bucks, not even the does kind of didn't come through there as much. And so I was like, okay, I have to go to someplace that I, you know, that I've never hunted before because they, they're the deer just aren't not there. Right. They, they just don't disappear they're working something else or, you know, God forbid, I, I hate this, but you know, they got bumped by another hunter, by pressure, by farming, by whatever. Right. And so, so, so I can remember a couple of times I did exactly what you did. And I just popped into a, a brand new spot that I had never hunted before. Um, and that was in 2000, I can, the one example was 2012 and sure enough, walking in, I jumped, a uh, jumped a buck, really couldn't see what he was. And then got a tree stand up in, in this little, I guess it's just what you would call a little thicket along a Creek. And sure enough, that's where the deer were at. And two days later, yeah. two days later, after bouncing around on, I see, I, I set up, uh, I tore down that tree stand. I moved it in the dark for the next morning, got in there saw him i uh didn't see him that morning but then that night i saw him across the creek into a cornfield moved the stand again about 20 yards closer to where this creek split and uh the next morning i snort wheezed him in and shot him and so uh you got to look for those those spots that just don't make you know they may look like they don't make sense, but once you get in there, they make perfect sense to why these deer are in there. And it might be because um, one of the things that I've always witnessed, especially on the farm that I just lost this year, was how vegetation dictates where deer hang out. Because in the, in the summertime and in early October, all the way up to now, it's just thick and nasty in there. But when the all that vegetation falls off, it's 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 almost wide open. And so yeah. and so the deer just are are aren't comfortable. The edge isn't there anymore. The edge has been shifted to somewhere else that they're moving to and it it doesn't create these these hard edges in there that they like to travel, so they go they they go different places. And so you, like it, it took me a while to identify those types of uh, those types of locations too, but uh, man, once once you're able to get a lot of intel on a specific farm, like for me that the farm that I mentioned where I snort wheezed that buck in, 
I've been hunting that farm for 15 years, 14 or 15 years now. And so like, I know all the secret spots. I have all of the really good spots. I have pre-hung stands in there. And then when I go looking for those spots within the spot, I'm, I'm being mobile and I'm setting up. And so, uh, I'm setting up on the run. And so, uh, it's always kind of like, I've, I've found them. I know where to go and I hop in there. And, and so you mentioned being aggressive, right? Um, yeah. Talk to me about what your idea of being aggressive during the rut means. Um, almost stupid to be honest with you. I mean, I have, I have gotten away with my wind blowing straight at them before because I had no other choice. Yeah. Um, during the rut, would I have done that three weeks before? Not a chance. Yeah. But during the rut, um, you know, and it obviously depending on what you see, um, like in that case, the, the story I just told you about, uh, the buck, uh, nicknamed Scorpion that I killed, he, <laughs> I, I bet you money I could have got out of that stand, walked across a cut cornfield, and shot him in that, that patch of timber with that doe. I didn't want to chance it. I was yeah. not that aggressive, but I bet you I could have. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, they get to the point where they, 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 <laughs> If they were not stupid for three weeks a year or however long it is, there would be a lot more mature deer out in the world than there are. Yeah. <laughs> but for that three weeks or a month-long period, they just become so dumb that a lot of really good deer get killed because of, of that. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I get aggressive to the point that oh, it would border on dumb if it were October 2nd or yeah. something like that. Um, actually, it would be dumb on October 2nd. So... You know, it just depends on what I see. Is he locked down with a doe? Is he is he searching? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if like if I catch body language, well, okay, pretty much right. Body language, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a week before I killed him, I actually saw him get it get up out of his bed on that same farm, and just immediately put his nose to the ground and start searching. And when he did that, I watched him uh, walk to my east. I I read his body language. I could tell he was searching. I grunted at him. He didn't, he did not care. He just kept, and he was on a mission. There was no feeding. So in that situation, I had two options. The hunt's over because he's going away from me. This is done. Or you can get down and you can bust ass almost like you're elk hunting Mm -hmm. and, and bust ass on all the way around this farm and try to cut him off. If he, if he's taking his circuit, like we talked about, yep onto my farm and not another farm. And that's what I did. Uh, I mean, I, I probably ran 800 yards in a matter of a few minutes that day. Yeah. Um, have you ever done that deer hunting before? Yeah. Outside of the rut? I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. So now it did not end up working out. He had already, I think he went a different direction, but, um, that's what makes the rut so fun is, you almost feel like you can hunt differently than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, if that was October 10th and I saw that same deer get up and start working that direction, I would not have gotten down and attempted to make a move. He would have noticed me. Yeah. But from his body language on that date, I think it was November 6th when I saw that, 
from his body language, you know, I could tell I don't think he's going to pay much attention if he happens to um, see or, or he, hear me, which I didn't think yeah. he would. But, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have done that October 10th because then I could have bumped him out of that area and lost him altogether. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of like you kind of keep your cards held in the pre-rut and, and any other time. But in the rut, it's like I'm going all in. Yeah. I'm going after him. Uh, that's the way I hunt a lot of times during the rut, which makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's those aggressive moves, you know, and you know, I know this, this comment is beat to death first time in best time in it's the truth even during the rut, but I feel like another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The amount of sits you can get away with in a stand during the rut the lifetime of that stand is much longer than any other time of year. And so, um, like I'll, I'll, I will cycle through tree stands until I feel comfortable or until I have enough data, whether that's a trail camera data or whether that's sightings, uh, to, or, you know, if I feel that there's enough does in the area where, you know, you know, you, you're not seeing the buck, the caliber of bucks you want, but you're seeing the does. So then it just becomes a matter of time. And so I'll, I'll sit there and sit there and sit there until they show up or, um, it, it dies down. And I, then I move to another one in the past, just like you, I would hunt a stand for like a day or like a morning and an afternoon or an afternoon and a morning. And then it's just, yeah, uh, there's no deer here, and I was seeing does, right? So, and I and and then I would check my trail cameras after the season was over, and I had all this information. Like, look at this deer. The day I decided to pack up and move was the day that that buck showed up. And so, you know, there's some guys I've talked to uh, throughout the uh, throughout the years who think that even during the rut. And these are some, I'm going to call them old school guys. Some guys who they don't have, they never, they didn't grow up in hunting like us with all the technology, with YouTube, with uh, smartphones, with access to blogs. All of their information and their education came from either magazines or just hunting themselves, right? Just in the stand uh, um, experience. And they like I've heard this multiple times from guys that say they feel it's a three or four day rotation. So these guys and these are some killers. These are some straight killers who they, they say, I'm going to sit in the same stand if given the right wind. And what they mean by that is I feel like let's just say, for example, the deer is going to come from the west. I feel the deer is going to come from the west. I can hunt any wind direction at that point at that tree stand except a straight west wind 
or uh, if he's coming from the east, yeah, you don't want a, a west wind or whatever the opposite of what I was saying was, right? right? So, but they would sit there morning and night for four days, and if that buck didn't show up, then they would then they would move. And so I don't know if that's a real magic number. I one of those guys, this is no shit. He said during the hunting season, starting October first, he did not eat meat. He stopped until he got something killed. Yeah. He stopped eating meat because he felt that if he ate meat and this is way out there, but this was like in the early two thousands. When I talked to this guy, he goes, yeah, I, I just eat salads and, uh, apples and carrots and, and, and vegetables and, and a lot of sugar and, you know, pies and (laughs) goodies and stuff like that. But I don't eat meat because I feel that if I eat meat, my body smells like a predator and then if the deer does smell me, they'll be afraid of me, uh, unlike uh, a cow or a raccoon who, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this guy, I'm going, Jesus, this guy could have a really good point. You know what I mean? Like, you are what you eat, and so if you eat meat, you are a predator, and if you're eating grass and, <laughs> and lettuce and things like that, then you're not as, your smell is not as much of a threat uh, and so, I don't know that, that, hey, that to more me, power to him. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure a way around that. Cause I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> right. I'm going to smell like a predator. Right. Uh, uh, I usually just smell like, uh, those gas station apple pies. They're, yeah, yeah, they come yeah. in the box and they're like 900 mm-hmm. calories and not good for you at all. That's what I, eat. you know, another thing that, uh, is I wish I could do this more often. It's just the way my life is. I can't, but yeah. If you're going to sit all day, the rut is when to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I could, you know, say I'm going to sit all day all the time. But fact of the matter is I usually am hunting in the morning and the evenings yeah. or one or the other. Because yeah. that's just the lifestyle I live. That's what I what I have. But if you're going to hunt all day, the rut is when to do it. I mean, because I, I swear bucks – know that you know during the middle of the day a, a doe is going to be bedded up yeah. uh, 99 percent of the time i would say right and so it seems like they do a lot of their searching midday you know during the rut time because be. they know Get, they're they're bedded up yeah. um getting down i don't see that as much on the first week of the rut but as the rut goes on you know and that's that's for me in the last Let's see, since 2016, right, I'm, I'm on this roll, but let's see, since, since 2000, I'm gonna, I'll go back as far as 2006, I've been lucky enough or unlucky enough to have either tagged out by November man, 12th or earlier, right, or, have, or, or my PTO has been up and I've had to go back to work. In, in the seasons that I didn't, uh, right. that I wasn't successful. So with that said, I've never had to make it into the, what I, cause I feel in, even in the early rut, the, the bucks are still bedded down at some point, maybe not all day, but at some point throughout the day, I feel like, this is my opinion. I feel like the bucks still chill out, but as the doe population co- like starts to, like 
you hit this the the November fourteenth, which some consider the you know which research considers the the peak of the breeding season. Once you start hitting that downward uh, slope at the end of that bell curve, that's when my trail cameras are showing just deer walking all day long. Uh, you know, like the yeah. the fifteenth through the end of November, even into like the first shotgun season here in Iowa, which is usually the the first week of December. So uh, when, you know, the, the breeding season just doesn't happen the first two weeks of, of November, obviously, but I don't know, man. Um, let's talk about, it's, Oh, go ahead. Finish your, finish your, no, thought. I was just going to say it, it's difficult for me to sit all day for sure. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to um, say. But if you're going to do it, like I remember when I killed, um, I don't remember what date it was, but I killed a buck uh, several years ago. And I remember sitting that morning, I had to leave at like 10. My daughter had a basketball game. I drove to her basketball game, watched her play, and then came back to the woods. And I was maybe sitting down for 10 minutes. And here he came, just just nose to the ground, yeah. walked right by me, and then got shot. And that was at like 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I'm almost never in the stand at that time for an evening hunt. Yeah. Um, you know, if I if I'm doing it just because I'm still working at that time or yeah. something's going on. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're going to do it, that would be a time to do it, but it's, uh, it's difficult. Like I always wondered how do people sit all day? Dude, it is torture to me. Like, like it is straight torture to sit for me all day. Me too. Like I got to poop and stuff, you know, like <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> and I'll tell you this. Um, I'm all about I'm not taking the, a sky dump. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I I do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when it comes to the all day sit thing, right? Usually, usually it happens when I am going to be in one of those, uh, those big transition travel corridor type stands you know like usually if i'm hunting downwind of a bedding area or in a staging area i get in and out right but with that said you know i got the lone wolf set up and and uh this year the the, the saddle set up the tethered saddle set up uh you know for the the mobility uh, part of it but dude this summer no joke i'm gonna spend some money and i'm gonna buy like two of the biggest millennium tree stands that I can get my hands on. The ones that actually like where they have like a seat in them, like a, a basically a, a sporting events chair in them. And yep. then, and only then will I sit all day long because like I need to be comfortable. Dude, I got shitty knees. I got a bad back. I'm getting old and broken. <laughs> and, and so that, that might help me, but I don't know the goal, but the yeah. goal isn't to make like, for me, the goal isn't to make it into the second week of the rut. My goal is to go in. <laughs> it sucks. Cause I, I miss a lot. Like last year, second, uh, second sit. Yeah. Second evening sit dead, dead buck. And so that's the goal, right? I don't oh, want, like, yeah. I don't have time anymore or, my my family doesn't have the patience anymore for me to go like on these 14 day grinders anymore. Don't get me wrong, I love punting too. Oh yeah. But um I mean, I don't uh why would you I guess what would be the advantage to 
hunting, you know, into the second week of the rut, uh, extra just because you got to hunt more. Like I'll, I'll kill the deer when I can kill them. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it, if it's the first, if it's the first day I'm hunting in that rut, then I, Hey, awesome. Yeah. Now I've got house money to play with. I can go sit with some buddies and film them or do something different. If I, yeah. if I really want to get out in the woods, but, yeah. uh, plus I've got two sons that I'm trying to get some deer killed with this year. So I got plenty of people I'm trying to help out, help. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. And um, yourself and yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I do want to kill a deer this year. That's for sure. But, yeah. uh, I've got a, a first year hunter this year and a second year hunter this year. So, uh, we'll see how much I get done myself, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like logistically how the hell I'll even take these two boys, Yeah, you know, hunting. Uh, cause when you take a kid, you can't just take your lone wolf running gun set up anymore. You got to figure out how to, you know, get up in a tree or a two man or something and, yeah. uh, where I'm going to go and, you know, all these different things I got to think about with the boys. So yeah, it's fun, but it definitely adds a, another level of stress to the hunts yeah so speaking of logistics are you ready to go i mean are you ready to start grinding when it's time or like how many days in a row are usually are you able to hunt like how many days and and i'm talking about just for you let's take out the the boys let's take out your buddies out of the equation for you to go in and try to kill how many like how many days are you allocating this year uh, let's see over the next two weeks, I'm taking five days of PTO off, which is really more like seven Yeah. because working from home, then I'm in the office the next day. So I can, I can pop out early if I need to or whatever. Yeah. And the reason I'm doing that the next two weeks, which we talked about rifle season, Missouri is on That's November right. 13th. That's right. That's if, right. if I, if I had all my cake and ate it too, I wouldn't do that. The first, uh, you know, the last week, October first week of November, I'd I'd push it back another week, but I'm I'd like to do it before rifle season if I can get it done. So I'm taking a lot of time off the next two weeks, and in the first weekend or the first week of rifle season, I'll probably take off a few more. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll I'm gonna be in the woods. I've my job is one that I can save up PTO. And they're really cool about me taking time off when I need to. So I get to hunt during the rut okay. and I'll be out there. That's for sure. Good. Good. Um, yes. I don't know, man. Like I just find it the older I get, the harder to get away and what really sucks. So leading up to the, the, I guess I'm kicking off my rutcation the the kids are getting on the bus on, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Whatever that day is, November 3rd, okay? I'm going to pull this up. Yeah, it's a Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Okay, uh, Thursday. Or maybe it's a Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday November yeah. 3rd is a Thursday. So November 3rd, I'm getting the kids on the bus, and then I'm out. But on November 8th, we have parent-teacher conferences. My wife said she could handle it, but I want to I wanna be involved right a, a little bit and like they don't do it it's all in person they don't do it over phone or anything like that but even before that so today's the 27th so i have the 27th uh this whole week i've had a i've had sick kids 
at home, have a sick kid at home today. And here's what I need to do, in my opinion, before November 3rd. I have to go to the farm that I lost permission to hunt. I have to take down two trail cameras and three tree stands. Okay. I, sh- I should be able to get that done in an afternoon, hopefully. Uh, maybe even today. Then I also need to go down to my main farm, the one that I've been hunting for 50- for 15 years, 14 years. And I need to check trail cameras because I don't want to go to this new farm if I got a monster running around on my main on the right. main farm and i don't have any intel my my all of my cell cam batteries have been out since july and so they're all all the batteries are gone on them and so i got to go check batteries i got to check sd cards um and i'm basically scrubbing the whole property uh for cameras and then after that i'll make a decision on where i'm going to start hunting and so just from a, a a leading up to up to the rut, yeah, like I'm not even ready yet. It, I feel like I just I don't know. There's days where the brownie points. Like, I always tell myself every year I'm gonna do it. If 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 my wife says, "Hey, I'd like to go do this," I'm gonna say, "No, I can't. I have to go do this in in order to get it done so that I am ready to go." But I always cave. I always, you know, I don't know, take an afternoon off. And instead of going and checking trail cameras, I go play with the kids or, you know, go on a date with a wife or, or something like that. When I, I need to take a half a day or even a day on a Sunday or something and go and 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 just take care of all this business because now if i if i wasn't the type of guy who cared about caliber of, of buck or cared about um trail like didn't run trail cameras none of this would even be in the equation i would just go out and hunt but i add these extra layers of complication to the whole mix and it just i don't know I, and i feel behind and and at least like the at least I have to get those tree stands off because once that property's sold, I don't want to leave, you know, three, you don't lose all your stuff. Yeah, three or yeah. four grand worth of equipment on that on that farm. Dude, I'm telling you, hunting public land this year because of what I told you before, just yeah. not having the bucks that I thought I'd have. It's kind of a freeing thing. Yeah. Because if you think about all summer, every year, how much work you put into the properties you hunt, you know, setting new new sets. Uh, you know, trail cameras, if you do mineral in, in Iowa, you know, we do mineral here, whatever you do all off season, all the work you do. And then, you know, th- that all takes time away from what you just said, kids, yeah. wife, family, yeah. you got to find time to do all those things, you know, and like we do, we, we, uh, brush hog trails and we do all this other stuff that, you know, you think helps you get ready for the season. And then, you know, the, the public land hunting I've been doing now, it's just like, just go. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's out there. You don't, Yeah. it's just kind of like, well, shit, this is nice. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's also nice, you know, working on a place that you have the ability to work on. It's, it's nice, you know, getting all that work done before. Yeah. And knowing what you might be after. I, I understand that, but yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of nice just being like, I'm just going to go hunting tonight. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I think we've, we've kind of covered a little bit of everything. The only thing that the last thing I kind of want to touch base on is, and I know this is more of a, a BS session than a hardcore strategy session, but when we talked about being aggressive and when it comes to the wind, I will be aggressive. But when it comes to, I, I, when it comes to my access routes, that's one place that I do not skimp, right? I don't take shortcuts. Um, even on my exit routes coming yeah. out of the, the tree stand, I just, I, when it's time for me to walk in and out of the woods, I treat both of those scenarios equally as important. What about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you would want to be uh, negligent just to be negligent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I like mean, hunts over. I'm just going to so walk yeah, my back to the truck type of deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like my access and exit routes don't really change as far as my, um, my, uh, my, my level want to do it correctly. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to like blow through the timber to get to a stand because it's the rut. Um, no, my, my access routes still are the same. Now, Will I hunt that stand with a wind that might be marginal at best? Maybe. Yeah. Very possible. Yep. That I not do a month before today. Yeah. Um, because I do think that you can get away with more during the rut uh, than you do any other time. But yeah. yeah, my access routes, I'm not skimping on those. That, I mean, that's just kind of being silly to be yeah. silly at that point. I mean, what? Why? Why? Why would you want to take that risk if you don't need to? Yeah. Right. Right. Because, um, you know, knowing where the deer are, where they come from and where they go is, is so important that like your exit route has to be. I mean, I did. I used to do it where I would take so much care getting into the stand. I'd get up there. I'm like, OK, everything's perfect. I would either have a good night or a bad night or whatever. And then I would instead of dropping back down into the creek and walking it out the long way. I would just walk straight across the field that all these deer were in. I just blow the whole thing out every night. And so it, it took me like a couple of years of going, dude, what are you doing? Like you just blew out every <laughs> yeah. deer in this field and, and they know that it's not a coyote running through here. It's something else. And so, um, yeah. And, and so access, I also am a firm believer that with the proper access route. Let's say I have a tree stand in a location. I feel that I should be able to hunt that tree stand location or any location, whether you're talking about a run and gun or uh, 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 a fixed tree stand, one that's going to be there all year. I always, I always go by the rule, multiple access routes for multiple wind directions. And sometimes that can be uh, difficult based off of what kind of access you have on this new farm that I have. Like I mentioned to you on the last podcast, I got a 16 foot gate gap and that is it. That's the only gap that I have into this one section of the farm because I don't have access around. Now, what I do once I go past that, I, I can be creative, but let, let's just say on a di on my other farm, I have just the way it lays. I have so many more access opportunities that on multiple winds, I can get to the same stand location on multiple access routes. 
And, and so a different access route on a different wind direction to the same stand. I feel like people own, like, I just feel like a lot of people say, I need a, I need an X wind for this stand. And that's it. I, I, I disagree with that. I think that a lot of times multiple wins you can hunt on the same stand just not stupid right if let's say the bedding area is to the north of you you don't want to hunt that on a south wind but you could hunt it on a west or an east or even a depending on how it lays a southeast or a south or like a southeast yeah 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 yep and so a lot of it also yeah, has i mean to and, do and with... change up go ahead sorry no you're good Go ahead. No, I was just—I was going to say, change up, like, be creative with your access too. Yeah. I mean, I remember two years ago, it did not end up working. Although yeah. it, my my initial idea, actually, I think I talked to you on the phone about that. But my initial idea was, I'm going to see if I can get uh, uh, permission from the neighboring farmer to just access where I'm hunting from his farm. Right. I just need to walk through a, a little area of your farm, and he's like, "Yeah, no problem." I ended up walking down this road. I walked down a road for half a mile into his property and Jay hooked all the way into where I wanted to hunt because I thought the buck I was after was just bedded inside of where I was at. So I was going to be just, um, just south of him with the wind coming out of the north. So yeah. he wouldn't know I was there. And damn if I wasn't right. Unfortunately, that buck was bedded right on the edge of the timber <laughs> and he saw me. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, Damn. and uh, he ended. He did die three days later by my by me, anyways. But yeah. uh, it was just like you know, you you felt so good about your your plan, yeah, and what you did because technically what you did was correct and what you thought was correct. Yeah, you just didn't make it work. But so if even if you have an access route that you haven't taken before this time, if you've got intel that is telling you, hey, he's here. Yeah. He might have a, a doe here or whatever's going on. Um, get creative with the way you're getting in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, be like Parker McDonald, get a freaking kayak and go down the <laughs> creek if you need to. Like, I mean, that right. dude, that dude really is smart with like how he's getting into places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you can't do that, then, you know, walk a, an extra quarter to half a mile if you need to, yep. to get into a spot. Fact. Um, I would not skimp on access and exit. No, that's not something I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, Nate, dude, I'm wishing you a lot of luck, not only for you to, to slay, but you know, some of the other people like your boys or, uh, some buddies and help them get down to your two. Uh, it's that time of year, my friend. It's, it's what we, what we work directly and indirectly all year for. And so, uh, good luck in the next couple of weeks, man. It's go time, and good luck to all the hunters out there in the different states. Hope everybody uh, has some luck. Make sure to tag Missouri Woods and Water and Nine Finger Chronicles yep. in your pictures, man. We love seeing them. Yeah. Uh, that's a part of my – I mean, I love seeing the picture, and then I'm like, damn, man, everybody else is killing something. I need to get after it. That's but, right. It's motivation. I mean, it's motivation. It's motivation. Yeah. So we love seeing them, and make sure you keep tagging us in those those uh, photos of those those harvest, and good luck to everybody. Good marketing uh, to end it with. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Hey, good luck, and we'll talk to you later. All right. 
And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Nate for taking time out of his day. Good vibes your way, man. Hopefully you slay. Good vibes to everybody out there who is in a tree stand trying to get the job done, whether you're listening to this episode on the way out or over your lunch break or at work waiting for uh, your day to be over or whenever you're listening to this, man, be safe. And I'm, I'm sending good vibes your way. Hopefully everybody slays the beast that they want, whether it's to fill the freezer or put a, a big rack on the wall outside of that. Um, I'm really excited about, uh, um, man, this next two weeks. I can't wait. It's my favorite time of year. I got it. It's one of those, it's one of those comments or it's one of those sayings where it's time to put the women and children to bed and go handle some business. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So good vibes in good vibes out. Wear your safety harness and we'll talk to you next time.